Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. anyone who have cancelled their operation or clinic and stuff um but i'm better and the clinic's going ahead tomorrow so um back on the saddle and uh got some questions here uh i got the q's you got the a's oh I, i've got the a's you got the q's if you've got the q's i've got the a's so if you've got a q then please uh q away if you have uh if you just want the A's, then, well, they're right here. So they're coming up shortly. Sorry you've been ill. Yeah, I have watching you in the sunshine. Yeah. Watching me in the sunshine. That's a bit spooky, Corin. What, you've been watching me while I've been in the garden? Well, I've been confined to barracks for most of the weeks, to be honest. But, uh, but yeah, the last few days have been nice, haven't they? Uh, makes a big difference. Because when, um, when, um, when Corin like the COVID, COVID times, I've got to be honest, I look a bit of a scruff looking at myself. I, I did trim my beard just now. I did give it a bit of a trim. I was looking even worse. But the Urdu needs a bit of work. Well, I have actually off ordered, did a bit of retail therapy. I ordered a new um, a new hair trimmer thing that, where you can do it yourself in my in your garden. You don't sound I don't sound great, do I? How did I sound last week, Corinne? Because I got really ill after the one last week. Um, yeah, my wife knows into my hair, but I have to wait for ages for it to do it, and it gives me a headache once it gets to a certain level, like now. And it needs to be done, so I've ordered a thing where you can do it yourself. So that'll be interesting. Kind of hoped it would be here by now. The price was the same on Amazon as it was on the, uh, you know, the company website. And Amazon, I, I got it on Sunday because I did it on Saturday, but I thought no, I'm going to support the company. But look. And I had to download an app to track it and all that. And I still wait. I mean, I say I'm still waiting. It's not that bad, is it? But you get so ingrained with the Amazon thing. And how do they do it? How can they do it for the same price as the company? And I'd have got it on Sunday if I'd done it on Amazon. Because it was on Amazon Prime next day and all that. <sighs> Unbelievable. Wanted to support the company a bit, you know. Anyway, you sounded fine, but didn't quite seem yourself, to be honest. Glad you're feeling better. Yeah, well, didn't I? Well, <laughs> how am I now? I don't want to ask. Don't ask. Don't answer. I mean, I've asked, but don't answer how I am now. I don't want to hear it. All right. If it's not good news, I don't want to hear it. All right. I think the hair's not helping. The hair's making me look more disheveled. This bit at the top, I know Julia suffers cutting it because it's like wispy, hard to cut. But this clipper thing's got a thing for short and thicker and thinner hair. I saw it, watched the instructional video on it. I never knew what that lever at the side was for, but it says for thicker and thinner hair. So maybe for thinner hair, that'll get that top bit better. Because that just looks a bit, but I, don't know, I think if you didn't have that, it'd look all right, wouldn't I? I mean, that looks all right. But that looks a bit, a bit of Grecian, not Grecian 2000, a bit of Brill Cream. Anyway, I'm digressing. I'm going to get into the questions because that's what I do. That's what I'm here for. Um, 
I had a tummy tuck eight months ago, but I have a bulge on one side. Will liposuction reduce this? Tricky, tricky question. I'm so I've got to assume that audio. I'm, I'm assuming the audio is working on Instagram because I'm having a conversation with Corinne. I've got to assume it's working on Facebook. Um, is the audio working? Can can you hear me? Uh, we'll assume it is. What's your thoughts on hair transplants? Not hinting, by the way, Corinne. <laughs> Um, what's my thought on hair transplants? I think they come on leaps and bounds, Corin. I think they come on leaps and bounds, and I think they. Um... Do you know what, Corin? I am amazed it's not more popular than it is. I'm amazed. I mean, my good friend Greg Williams does it in London, but in terms of plastics, I think Ken Cock does it. Does he maybe in Birmingham? Um, he's got the hair and follicle clinic, but I'm amazed more plastic surgeons don't do it because I think there's a huge. I mean. Look at the baldies out there. There's so many baldies out there. And let's be honest with ourselves. You could look a lot better when you've got the, the, the head of hair on you, you know. You just have to look at Homer. See Homer when he had a head of hair? He looks takes years off you. Um, but I'll be honest with you, Corinne. What I would, my thought on it from a personal view, and this is a personal view. It is not a medical sort of view because I don't do hair transplant. Yeah, it looks brutal. I don't think it's as brutal as it looks. I think it's very time consuming. They looked at doing it in the clinic once. You have to take any little follicle out and the little follicle in and all that. So it's a real, it's a real, um, it's a real doodah. But um, we had a guy who used to rent the place next door to the clinic and um, called Optima. It was called not eyes. Oh, oh, it was it was hair. And he and he shaved the head and he stuck this thing on. Um, are you going to call it a wig? What are you going to call it? A toupee? I don't know what you're going to call it. But he had one, and it was brilliant. To be honest with you, it was actually brilliant. He used to do this thing where he could get a pen, and he'd stick his pen like that, and the pen would stay because it was in between the sort of weak thing and the skin. Um, and if I was doing anything, which I'm not, I probably do. I think I'll probably do that. I'd, I'd certainly have a go at that that sticking thing on, you know, um, sort of surgery. Mm, not so sure, but um, I mean, obviously, surgery is a permanent result, so. Um, I'll be honest with you, Corinne, it's not really anything I've I think when you've got a lot on, you don't really I wonder I don't know, maybe that's unfair. But I've got a lot on. I've never thought about it, really. And fortunately I've got a wife and family and all that, so not really trying to um attract a mate or anything. So um it's not really a uh, a uh, priority. So clever how to do it and looks great too. Maybe you should look into doing it. No, Corinne, I'm not. I, wanna, I have actually got wig, uh, wigs. Sometimes I wear a wig just for, you know, okay, dressing up. <laughs> dressing up sounds bad, doesn't it? You know, if you go to a party. Anyway, come on, we're getting out of, out of sync here. Pull it back, Jay. Pull it back. Come on, mate. You were talking about tummy tuck eight months ago. Yes. Um, I had a tummy tuck eight months ago, but I had a bulge on the one side. Will liposuction reduce this? There's a lot of questions that uh, I get asked that I can't answer in words from a words. Um, blimey. Basically, you need I need to see you, basically, or, or you need to see a doctor. Put it like that. You need to see a surgeon who needs to get a history and examine you. You, there's a, there's only so much you can do over the internet. A lot of people ask questions and and um, and have have comments and stuff on the internet, but actually, what you really need is an in-person 
consultation. And this is one of those examples. So will liposuction reduce this? Well, if it's fat, then yes, liposuction will reduce it. Could it be fat? Well, yes, it could. If you had a tummy tuck and you might have more fat on one side than the other. I'd like to know where, what do you mean by side? Whether you mean by front side or side side? Um, you know, so front side, it's more likely to be not fat. But if it's side side, especially if you've had liposuction, you may have had more liposuction on one side than the other. And there may be a residual a bit of fat there. But at the same time, it could be seroma, it could be swelling, it could be post-op edema, it could be, you know, eight months I accept is a long time, it, but it is um, it is still within what I would say the healing process. So I would say a year is really where you start to heal. And it depends on how bad it is. If it's a massive bulge, then, you know, maybe you want to look at getting something done about it. But it's not a massive bulge, particularly if it's um, uh, not there all the time. That might suggest that there's still some swelling and, and you know, there, there may well still be some swelling at eight months. Don't uh, write yourself off at eight months. You may well still have some improvement to go. So if it's mild and it doesn't bother you massively, I would say keep an eye on it. But as ever with these things, work with your surgeon. Talk to your surgeon. Get examined by your surgeon. Get an opinion. See what, it, you know, is it like a watery fluid thing? Is it like a localized seroma? Is it swelling and fat? Is it whatever? You know, sometimes it's hard to tell exactly whether it's swelling or fat, to be honest with you, um, because it's hard to, to clinically diagnose the difference between the two. But if it is different at different times of day and things like that, and if it has helped when your binder's on, um, then you would suggest that it's more likely to be uh, swelling than fat. But either way, if it's not too bad, I would leave it to about a year. That's what I would say. That's my... I meant doing the treatment on. I meant doing the treatment on patients. Oh, you meant me doing the treatment, doing um, hair transplant on patients. I wouldn't do it, uh, Corinne. I'm I, I'm not in the market of learning new stuff. Does that sound bad? Does that sound bad? But you know, that's that's a specialty in itself. And as I say, um, Greg does it. He comes on in every now and then. Greg does. Greg says hello. Um, uh, Greg Williams, that is. And uh, Ken Cock does it. Ken Cock doesn't come on here so much. But uh, Ken Cock's in Birmingham. Greg's in London. Um, used to see Greg down in the clinic in Harley Street. Don't go down there anymore. But uh, uh, lovely guy, Greg. Um, but yeah, it's like anything, uh, Corin. It's like the Botox and all that. Some people specialise it in it, do it, and do it really well. Am I going to then pick it up and go and go and go and do a course and dabble in it? No, I'm not. I'm not a dabbler. I've said this a hundred times, Corinne. I'm not a dabbler, so I'm not going to mess with a with a um, fat, uh, hair transplant. I'll leave it to the guys who who, who are experts in it. Um, this is a good one. Do we offer laser earlobe reduction? Laser earlobe reduction. Wow. What is laser earlobe reduction? How can how can you laser earlobe reduce an earlobe? Love to know. Love to know. I mean, I'm not an obvious. Well, maybe the answer is not obvious, but it's a no. Um, I don't even know what it is. I, I can't. I can't imagine how a laser could reduce the earlobe. I mean, you get some lasers which target pigments, which are, do things like um, vascular malformations and some tattoos and what have you. They um, tackle certain colours. 
And some lasers are what's called ablative lasers, where they essentially cut like a CO2 laser and things like that. So I guess with the CO2 laser, you could cut the earlobe. I don't know why you would want to do that instead of cutting it with a knife. Um, but anyway, I can't see how a laser earlobe reduction would work. Not heard of it. Don't do it. Love to know more. If you ask the laser earlobe reduction question, tell me more because I'll look into it. As in, just for my own interest, not like look into doing it, but it sounds, anything laser sounds great, doesn't it? But um, anyway, yeah, no, we don't do laser earlobe reduction. Jackie, what you got? My front side is also distended after TT. If it's your front side, Jackie, I would say that's less likely to do to, to be um, to be fat and less likely to be amenable to liposuction. And that's more likely to be swelling because that's where the surgery is. And usually the fat on the front is relatively uniform. Sometimes you can get a bit of fullness above the scar on one side more than the other. But the fat on the front of the abdomen is relatively uniform. If you're going to get bulges and things in terms of residual fat, it's usually on the side. Um, and so um, it's how, just from what you said there, Jackie, I would say swelling. It goes, goes again, how long is it after surgery, etc., um, as to whether it is swelling or, or anything else. But um, it does take a long time, longer than you might think. I think a lot of people think it's going to be over at uh, five months or eight months, but it does take a long time. <clears throat> Can I have breast augmentation and liposuction if I suffer from sleep apnea? Interesting question, this. Um, don't often see it in a breast augmentation uh, category of patients. So sleep apnea is basically patients who have problems um, essentially stopping breathing when they're asleep. And often it's because they've got heaviness in their neck and in their jowls and it, the airway closes off and uh, it results in them snoring uh, a lot. And it results on them having very um, uh, bad sleep and, and not resting very well and being tired in the day. Uh, and uh, and it is treated by using something called CPAP, which is continuous positive airway pressure, which is a big strap on face mask, which keeps the pressure in the airways put open, basically. So it stops them from collapsing. Um, and so it's usually... In my experience, and not I haven't uh, to full disclosure, I haven't got a huge experience of it. But it, in, in my experience, is usually big men with big heavy jowls. So I've, I haven't seen it in a breast augmentation patient. But having said that, would it be a contraindication? No, it wouldn't. It would not be an absolute. We'll talk in a minute about absolute contraindications, relative contraindications. An absolute contraindication means flipping heck, We're not doing the surgery on you. It is not an absolute contraindication. I mean, I guess it could be a relative contraindication in the terms of the fact that we would speak with the anaesthetist, see how bad your sleep apnea is to see whether it's going to affect your post-op recovery. Now, during the surgery, we'd probably want to put a tube. I would imagine, as I say, it would be up to the anaesthetist. It wouldn't really be up to me. But they'd probably want to protect your airway with an, uh, an endotracheal tube, which is not unreasonable for breast augmentation, but that keeps the airway open, you know, because there's a plastic tube in there. So that wouldn't be a problem. You know, but by the fact that you're sort of asleep, if you like having surgery, you're not going to have this sleep apnea while you're having surgery because we'll have a tube in there which will keep your airway open. Um, so I think if you're if you're controlling it basically and you're living a, a normal life, uh, I wouldn't have thought it'd be a problem. But it's something we talk to, talk to the anaesthetist, talk to people who are dealing with your sleep apnea to be absolutely sure about it. But but in itself, I would have thought it'd be absolutely fine. 
a year of my life. Good name. Uh, do we offer breast augmentation for males? No, we don't. And the reason we don't is because um, transgender and gender reassignment surgery is a specific um, area with specific experts involved in it, one of whom will be a plastic surgeon who will be doing things like the uh, breast surgery. Um, but there'll also be um, endocrinologists and um, uh, psychologists and I don't even know who, to be honest with you, um, all sorts of the gynecologists, urologists. Um, so it's a multidisciplinary team approach. So it's not something you would approach unilaterally. And certainly when I was in the NHS, which is going back a bit now, probably 10 years, my friend Guy Stern did all the um, gender reassignment work and was part of that multidisciplinary team and had the connections and had the backup and the support. And so he did all the surgery. And so if someone asked me about it now, I would say go to Guy. I don't know if he's still doing it, but um, but uh, if he isn't, I would have been sure he'll know who is now. Um, so whilst in itself you could argue the surgery is not potentially that much difference to doing a breast augmentation on a very flat-chested female, um, it is something that would need to be approached in a multidisciplinary way and so i don't um do that i refer on to people guy basically or people who are involved in a uh, in a multidisciplinary team who can um get all the you know all the resources and all the people uh, appropriate for that the me now the me now hey can i ask what's the general recovery of how breast augmentation and TT at the same time. I know it's different for each individual. Um, when you're doing that sort of thing to me now, it is really the tummy tuck probably that's going to do to, to set you back. So probably you will maybe not even notice the breast that much. The breast obviously will feel tight. The breast will be weird. You have the bra on, you'll be like, oh my God, it all feels odd now. But uh, in terms of recovery, you'll probably feel the tummy tuck more and then your breasts will sort of be recovering while your tummy tuck's recovering, really. And the tummy tuck for, for the recovery for a tummy tuck um, in hospital overnight, I use drains. Drains come out the next day and then you go home and then you come back after a week, take the dressings off. The first week or two, I would probably say you're going to be bent over. Um, because it feels really tight. So your tummy will feel really tight. And as I say, your tummy will probably feel tight and uncomfortable. Your breast too, but your tummy will probably be the overriding thing. So the first week or two, you'll be bent over. And you're not going to feel about doing a great deal. After a couple of weeks, you're going to start feeling better. You're going to be doing stuff on your computer. You're going to be watching the Facebook Live. You're going to be uh, walking about. In fact, you're going to be walking about from day one, hopefully. Um, so, you know, you're going to be out and about. Um gentle sort of exercise and getting out about in terms of work i normally say two to three weeks for driving uh as you say everyone's different um if you've got a job where they're quite flexible you might say two weeks and then you could always go back and if they're quite flexible with you they'll let you go off early sort of thing if they're not very flexible it might be safe to say three weeks because you can't guarantee you'll be um under well not 
you won't be 100 at two weeks but you know you'll be up back at full capacity at two weeks so two to three weeks for work and then three to six weeks before you'll be doing anything sort of in terms of exercise and um you know running and uh uh certainly putting any pressure on your core um lifting and and what have you um you'd want to wait at least a month probably six weeks for that really i was on facebook live same day wasn't missing out on live q a with jj you heard it here people okay so when we talk about recovery for surgery q a same day yeah come out of theater get it on in the, in the uh that's that's commitment corin is not uh hi hi susie how you doing good to see you here um corin's not normal you can take a week off of, of the facebook live honestly um maybe a week off facebook live and then you know ease yourself back into it Put your hands up in the air come on everybody everybody let me see those hands wave them like you just don't care come on what you got oh stretch ah. right there we go that's the exercise halfway through um is cosmetic surgery okay if you have atrial fibrillation answer i think so i think so pretty sure <laughs> pretty sure it is it's another one it's another relative contraindication it is not an absolute contraindication so contraindication i mean absolute contraindication would be something like high bmi like a high bmi like above 35 a lot of people say over 30 i'm not you know but definitely like 35 40 you'd be thinking oh my lord that's too high got higher risk of complications etc smoking well it depends on the surgery of course um because if it's a mole removal you know might be different but let's assume it's a bigger surgery so you know if you're having any sort of body tightening surgery smoking i would say is an absolute contraindication in my book if you're having a mastopexy a, a tummy tuck a facelift a, um, an arm lift a thigh lift if you can't stop smoking don't have the surgery that's an absolute contraindication so there are some absolute contraindications not many to be honest not many um and there are some relative so if atrial fibrillation would be a relative contraindication um Susie, I'm doing so well. Post TT, 15 weeks and loving results. You're an angel, lol. Brad is in the house. Wow, is Brad? Where is Brad? What is he up to? Good to see you, Brad. Uh, that's kind of you, Susie. Very kind of you to say so. Um, so atrial fibrillation is not an absolute contraindication. And one of the things for any medical condition, really, we look at you and how you are. And if you're functioning normally in life if you're able to hold down a job and walk up a flight of stairs and you know do stuff in life broadly speaking you're probably going to be okay that's a bit of a simplistic thing to say but it's you know it's probably a, a not not too badly um off the mark hey brad i'm doing all right i'm doing all right and i hope you're doing all right too brad because you're a lovely guy and you deserve it mate you deserve it I hope you found your niche. We all need to find our niche. I'm not sure if I found mine yet, Brad, if I'm 100% honest with you, but that's perhaps something for another um, day. But yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're managing a normal life, then atrial fibrillation is okay. Now, what the, what we normally do is speak to your cardiologist, speak to your heart, the doctor looking after your heart. One thing we'd be thinking about is things like 
Are you on treatment? Are you on blood thinners? Because you're often on blood thinners with atrial fibrillation because you're worried about the blood clotting because your heart's fibrillating. Um, and that can have an effect on the surgery. And certainly if you're on um, thinners, that might increase your risk of bleeding at surgery. So we'd have to see, can we stop your blood thinners or can we do something with the with the blood thinners? Um, you know, that's something. And we'd have to liaise with the, uh, with the cardiologist to work out the right time to do that. Uh, and the risks of doing that versus the risks of not doing that and you getting a hematoma. So, you know, it might need a bit of discussion, basically. It might, need a, it might not. You might not be any on any special medication. Your atrial fibrillation might not be that too bad. You might have consultation with your cardiologist and say, oh, yeah, that's fine. You know, two-hour operation, that's fine. No problem. No, no, um, no uh, extra precautions needed. So the answer is we'd have to just check and we'd have to talk to the cardiologist and talk to the doctors looking after you. But in itself, I wouldn't have thought atrial fibrillation would be a significant problem with your surgery as long as it's not a significant problem in your life. Um, started weddings at one now, long days, but all good. Oh, beautiful weather for it, Brad. This is the weather. So lucky because it's so changeable. I've often, you know, they plan these weddings years in advance, but you can't, and you can spend God knows how much on a wedding, but you cannot plan the weather, can you? But look at this. Imagine getting married today. Mind you, it's a Tuesday. Cheaper though, isn't it, on, Tuesday, on a weekday getting married? But, um, but yeah, long days, but hopefully a good good niche. People are always going to get married, Brad, as long as you get, you have to get in with the wedding people, don't you, the coordinator and all that uh but nice one chinese wedding so lots of free chinese food win-win or oh, don't start me brad don't start me gotta be honest not only to eat wife's not feeling well i know what's gonna happen when i get out there there's gonna be nothing chinese food yes please hey crispy shredded brief yeah spring rolls Chicken chow mein, although I've been put off chicken chow mein. I had chicken chow mein when I went to Liverpool once, and I just had chicken. This big thing is chicken chow mein. I've been put off. Sounds good, doesn't it? Chicken chow mein, but it, I've been put off chicken chow mein. But crispy shredded beef, yes, please. And that rice with a bit of bits of meat in it. Was it a special fried rice? Is it called? Anyway, uh, come on, Brad. Let's get back on back on on topic. Last question, guys last question do you chicken satay skewers satay no that's peanutty isn't it satay the mara diaries they're all yours you can have all the chicken satay not big on that not the peanutty stuff nah. um do you do thread lift no No, I don't do thread lift. That's like a face thing. That's a face. Um, so I don't do facelifts. Um, and I don't do facial aesthetic surgery. Um, so no, I don't I do not do that. Um, I mean, you could argue, because that sort of stuff you can do in the clinic. You can do that under local anesthetic in the clinics. But as I said, I made peace with my chosen specialty. Arguably, it doesn't lend itself as well to having a clinic as if I was a facial plastic surgeon. You could argue, not unreasonably. If I was a facial plastic surgeon, I did the Botox, I did the thread lifts, I did the blepharoplasties, I did the blinking 
did I say blepharoplasties? Um, anyway, all that stuff. Yeah. But I'm not, all right? I'm breast and body, so don't ever go at me. It's just the way it is, just the way I'm built. It's the way, it's the path I've gone down. Okay, I've gone down that path, and I'm happy with that path, to be honest with you. But I'm happy with the clinic. Very happy with the clinic. Very glad, glad I got the clinic. Thanks for asking. Um, especially at this time, with the, the volatility uh, in the private hospitals. You are the very best at what you do, says Corin. I wish you could see it on Facebook. Facebook, Corin just said that on Instagram. I wish you'd done blepharoplasty, as I need one, and I want you to do it as I trust you 100%. Oh, Susie, it's not that difficult. I'll have a go. Do you want me to have a go? I think you just cut a bit of skin out of the eyelid. I think I think it's like just cutting you know, like a big mole out of both of your big eye, uh, your eyelids. I'll have a bash if you want, Susie. Just between you and me, I will have a bash. I don't think um, I don't think that much can go wrong. Yeah, it should be right. Uh, no, Susie, you wouldn't want me doing it. Um, um, <laughs> no, no, don't say yes, no. Uh, but the guys do it. Um, Costas does it and David does it, I think. Uh, they do it. So um, they'd be better than me. So that would be your best bet. Five weeks today till my MMO. Cannot wait. MMO. What's an MMO? M mummy makeover, I guess. Makeover being two words. Um, I know what you mean. 100% trust this man with my life. Oh my god, yeah. Well, uh, no, Susie, you wouldn't want me doing a blepharoplasty, honestly. Stick with the um guys that do blepharoplasties. That, that is not me. So, kind words, oh, Corin, very much appreciate it. So, that is uh, me done. Uh, 1938. So going to go and prepare my dinner now and uh, see what's going on out there. Water the plants, I guess. Uh, using my water butt and my water butt pump, actually. I've got a water butt pump, but um, uh, enough of my um, garden activities. Next week, I will see you here because I'm going to be here, I have reason to believe, God willing. And I very much hope you're here. If you've got any questions, please post them or ask them or ring up or whatever you do and uh, i will be sure to get around them or just save them up and ask me on the night but uh until then have a lovely evening enjoy the sunshine and i feel better say thank you uh you haven't got a water butt corinne got loads of water butts we've actually got so many water butts. i've got a water butt down there which has fallen over i don't even use it got so many water butts i've got a massive one out front which uh which we never use to be fair and it's huge um and just a normal, actually loads, we've got, well, three, one we don't use, and it's the back one we don't want to use, but um, uh, don't worry about being late, Jackie, don't worry about being late, you're not as late as Chloe Tarquin anyway, so, you know, nice to see you, Chloe, and um, so, yeah, see you there next week, uh, and uh, I hope you uh, continue to enjoy this wonderful weather while it lasts, uh, let's hope it, uh, it does, and um, yeah, signing off facebook love you big time uh i'm gonna end the stream have a question not covered in today's show then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag ask jj we'd love to hear from you